Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of September 2011. For newcomers, I always get this off at the beginning of the, the broadcast. I tell you to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com, then I won't pester you all the way through the broadcast. So go into the site, help yourself to the audios which are there for a free download and you'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios with different topics, but it's really all combined together into this new world order idea uh, to show you how the world is always planned ahead by those who already control it in all ages. And they have hundreds and sometimes thousands of think tanks working on different parts of society. And they, they, they use crisis. They cause crisis. They cause situations and they bring about the solutions. The whole idea is to make us think we're just stumbling down through time and politicians are somehow getting us out of the muck that we fall into. Nothing is further from the truth. They actually plan the future. And for globalization, you need lots of crises to bring it all together. And that's the financial crisis, the, the ongoing wars that was planned a long time ago. And you find that even the New American Century Group, which were the neocons, uh, basically just transferred on to the, to the neolibs or neodems, whatever you want to call them. It's all the same thing. To, to, to carry on the same wars, to the schedule, in fact, that they're right on cue with them. They've got a couple to go yet, and then they'll have the world in their hands. And at the same time, all of the taxpayers that are paying for these wars uh, have to get soaked in the, in the future. We're already supposedly bankrupt. So bankrupt that the bankers can still give out millions of dollars in bonuses to each other. Curious that, isn't it? But it's, it's all a plan to bring us into a world order, a new type of system of living or existing where you'll learn to go along with austerity, which basically means poverty. And so help yourself to those audios. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on the advertisers uh, and make money that way, which is okay. That's how most hosts have to make their money. I rely upon you, the listeners, to buy the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingsforthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can uh, purchase using um, a personal check or an international postal money order, or you can use PayPal. Some people just send cash. It's all on the cuttingthroughthematrix.com site, how to do it and how to find the books and discs and so on. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union MoneyGram, and you also have PayPal once more. Remember, straight donations are awfully welcome because, as I say, it takes quite a lot to do what I'm even doing here. It's an all-day job. It's a seven-day-a-week affair, and it's not a business, believe you me. It's a business I'd be off doing something else and making some money. However, this is imperative to do at this time. That's the only reason I came out in the first place, because... I knew what was going on many, many years ago, and I said in 2001, when the towers, the Jacker and Bowes went down, I said the hardest thing from now on will be to hold on to your sanity as we go through the changes, the forced changes for this new American century, because the century really started in 2001, not the year 2000 at all. 
Uh, so we're on our way, of course. We've watched uh, uh, the bombings of different countries continue. We've watched them change their gun sights from one country to the next. Most folk don't even notice. In fact, they forget which one we're fighting last or fighting now and all that kind of stuff. And that's all intentional, like George Orwell said. Who are we fighting today? Is it East Asia, Eurasia, West Asia? Who is it? And, of course, you're supposed to always know who we're fighting and why. Because the boogeyman just jumps from one country to the next. And we watch the big boys who own the banks. Actually, the banks own the big boys that are doing the bombing. I hope you know that, that even GE, General Electric, and all these big military-industrial boys are actually owned by the same banks that, are, that we, we all bailed out, supposedly. And they've got more cash than know what to do with. Because, you see, the money that went, that went with the housing crisis disappeared into money heaven, and, and somebody's got the key. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. And what I try and do on this broadcast is basically try and was dished out to us by this absurd thing called the media, which is owned, of course, by the same people who own everything else. And, uh, but anyway, I try and, and add on the parts that they omit from their stories or tell you why it's really happening. Uh, and, um, and that's what you really have to understand, that, that nothing's just stumbling along through time, as I say. We, we were, this whole agenda with bringing us all into a state of poverty was planned many, many, many moons ago and uh, written about in papers to world meetings by, by mainly the non-governmental organizations which are part of this new parallel government system. And I was reading different articles today to do with the International Monetary Fund and uh, the Council on Foreign Relations, all these big think tanks and the Monetary Fund that works with the World Bank, who talked about the NGOs, how necessary they are. There's thousands and thousands of them uh, all. You don't, you don't vote these people in, uh, and yet here they are lobbying governments, and they've got a, a direct uh, chain of command right to the top dog, basically, to get things done. Because the guy who's put in as a president or prime minister of any country is told to look out for them and do what they're told. So that's really how the system works. It's a parallel government, and it's, it's comprised of the bankers, the international moneylenders. Uh, it's comprised of the foundations, which they also own. The foundations fund the thousands of NGOs. And it's a good book. It's called Foundations, Their Power and Influence. It's a must-get book if you want to understand uh, how they've been at this for a long, long time. And that came out after the, the Rees Commission back in the 1950s when the Congress decided to do an inquiry into the foundations and why they were funding. They were funding what seemed to be all the far-left groups or communist groups in America. Uh, Quigley talked upon that too because he was a historian uh, for the Council on Foreign Relations and he said that the CFR was often mistaken for the Communist Party because they had the same goals in mind. Well, what does that tell you? The CFR, remember, was established as part of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which was established on top of the international bankers who founded the whole darn thing. So here's the international bankers funding what seems to be its opposition, which is communism. It's because the bankers wanted a world government to come down the road. It talks about the 1800s. They wrote about the early 1900s in their big society magazines and their books as well, which they published. And they knew about all the pitfalls and how they did to shake off nationality, nationalism, 
to get them to do it. And basically, we live through a script. That's what you find out. You're living through a script written long before you were born, and we're just going through the upheavals as they push each part of the script. And it's amazing, with, with, with every crisis that they cause, but with, with internationalism and the eurozone and the euro currency and forcing countries to amalgamate into a region with a new super parliament, the more, they, they cause more problems, and they use those problems to push even deeper into amalgamation. It's just amazing how they're very clever at the top. There's no doubt about it. They're good psychopaths because psychopaths study normal humans, you see. They study us to see how we tick. And one of the first things that they learn is how easily we're all fooled. Because, you see, you as a normal person wouldn't do the kind of things that they do. Therefore, if you don't do them, then no one would do them. That's how you think. And that's how they get away with it. Now, we live in la-la land at the bottom. And uh, all we get is the media to dish out the rubbish to us. Remember what George Orwell's talked about? He talked about uh, the outer party and the inner party. So even the articles I read you from the Council on Foreign Relations, it's still from the outer party. It's meant for publication to the, to the little people at the bottom, or the proles, as, as Orwell called them. Uh, although most of the proles won't bother reading this stuff, which they already know as well. But it's better than having nothing at all. Um, the only other books you can get really are from bureaucrats and high-level functionaries within these organizations who love to write their memoirs when they retire or before they kick the bucket, generally, uh, because they're psychopaths. They've got a tremendous ego and they want to be praised for their cunningness and, and prowess and conning everybody. They love to write about it to show you how geopolitics works and how we fooled the public at this time in this period and for that war, and then later on we fooled them in this war. They, they, they churn these kind of books out. But most of the folk don't read them, unfortunately. But to get any truth at all at this level of reality, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. Here you are getting sprayed like bugs constantly since 1998 from the air. And there's thousands probably of, of, of videos up now on aerial spraying uh, of the chemicals which they're, they're, they've been dousing us with. And, of course, there's, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories come out of it. Like, or maybe they're trying to help us by, by stopping the sun's ray come out. And all that stuff, you know, prevent global war, all that rubbish. No, the fact is, you see, they're geoengineering the whole darn planet. And they've been for, doing it for years. And part of it, of course, is aluminum oxide in the, the chem mix, which comes down. And then Monsanto comes out with a aluminum-resistant uh, plant, basically, because they've aluminized the surface soil of almost the entire darn planet. Why do you think they would do that kind of thing? So they're, they're geoengineering the whole planet, and uh, eventually, just like the science fiction movies, you'll have scheduled weather. Last year, it was almost like scheduled weather. I had massive, I'd have sun in the, in the morning for about an hour, and then it would overcast with the sprays, and then the sprays would cause complete overcast, or it was all grey mush. Then it would drain a bit, and then it would clear up at 7 p.m. for one hour, and, and then be sprayed and covered again. That happened day after day after day. And folk are getting sick with it. And uh, as I say, I actually stand and watch them all the time. I still do occasionally when I go out. And you'll see them still spraying away with these long trails that go from horizon to horizon. Then there's other type too that spray halfway across and just stop. The thing doesn't fall out the air, but, but it's, it continues. So it's not their propulsion mechanism. It's actually spraying that's going on. However, that's a different story. We can't get the truth on anything. You understand? We're given chicken feed at the bottom. They throw chicken feed at the bottom. That's what you've got. It's like a pack of cornflakes. There's nothing but these crumbs at the bottom, these little things. That's what they scatter to the public. And that's good enough for most of us, isn't it? 
because most folk went into trivia anyway. But we can't even get to the truth on David Kelly, who, who was supposed to go up to uh, and uh, give his account of Britain and Israel's as well, because uh, he worked with Israel for, on behalf of Britain on the chemical warfare industry with viruses and bacterium, fast breeders for kills, for warfare purposes, all that kind of stuff. He was going up for the inquest some years back, and then they brought in their own coroner from the government who says, oh, he just killed himself, and nothing made any sense to people ever afterwards. Kelly even said he'd be killed before they'd let him testify in court, so he was. Fight for inquest on David Kelly is going to court again, you see, after a doctor launches a legal challenge. And... This happened last year, it happened the year before. The government faces a legal challenge next week over its decision not to hold a coroner's inquest in the death of Dr. David Kelly. Attorney General Dominic Grieve ruled uh, one out in June after conducting an investigation that concluded there there was overwhelming evidence the Whitehall weapons inspector committed suicide. That's the call on weapons. They're talking about bacterial and, and viral warfare. Now, a doctor who is suspicious of the official account of Dr. Kelly's death has started proceedings for a judicial review of Mr. Greaves' decision. Well, they'll never get that. They'll pay a lot of cash, and they, paid, they contributed £33,000 from the, the, the Daily Mail newspaper's readers to set up a fund to help get an inquest going. You have to pay for an inquest, eh? But you scroll down, and it says the last inquest literally closed it under the British Official Secrets Act for 70 years. They've nothing to hide, but for 70 years they can't find out what happened. You understand, that's how everything that which they do at the top is blanketed. Anything they don't want you to know, can't talk about that, that's under lock and key for 70 years. Who's going to be alive in 70 years' time to care in a a completely different world with its own problems? Because the same bunch and their descendants will still be running the world. But that just shows you, and all this stuff he talked about, how he killed himself with a pruning knife, no fingerprints on it, all that kind of stuff is true as far as we know. But um, there you go, you can't even get truth on that. So don't, don't ever take anything from the media as any kind of truth at all. It might be a little bit of truth, it might be, be complete fiction. And uh, uh, They put a lot of fiction into the news to bend your mind and make you believe things, to, get, to go along with political agendas. But uh, it's very hard to get any reality except the memory of yourself living through events and times and periods. That's the only facts that you can have. What you experience, what you know, what you remember. Before they get their historians involved and give you the official uh, results. I I read too that to become an American citizen now, uh, when you're sworn in, you have to admit uh, or, or give the official version uh, as to who attacked the Twin Towers and started the whole thing off on 9-11. You can't, you can't put in what you th- may think. No, you've got to say what they want you to say or you won't get your citizenship. Now, now there's, there's free speech and free thought for you. Remember, everything starts with free, free thought. If they can shackle free thought, that's it over. It's finished. It's bad enough when you already have laws where you can't talk about certain things. By law. You know. And it's not a matter if you're right or wrong about anything. It's the fact that you said it. Did you say this? Yeah, I did. Oh, but can't sit guilty. That's it. Just did you say it or not? That's what, that's what the charge, basically. Did you say it or not? Yeah, I did. And here you are thinking you get your day in court. No, they won't let you talk about why you said what you said. So that's your freedom in this new world order. Of course, there's many reasons for that. 
So anyway, we can't get it on David Kelly, and we'll, we'll never get anything except the official version of 9-11, even though uh, the New American Century group with Strauss and, and, and the, the Pearl and Wolfowitz and all the rest of them uh, talked about the need for a new Pearl Harbor event, even Kissinger, to kick off this whole thing or the public wouldn't go for it. The first thing in war is you must get the public opinion on your side, so you lie, so casualty of war is, is the truth right off the bat. And you never get the truth as they're bringing us down. Now, they're bringing us down into this poverty, which is austerity, and they use uh, basically all the greenies to help push it to and telling us to eat insects, like yesterday's articles I talked about. Insects are good for you, all that kind of stuff. Even pay, paying some celebrities to say they really enjoy eating insects. But uh, I won't even go into that today, but which I, will, I will talk on what austerity and poverty really mean. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and trying to make sense of the global system because they do print bits and pieces, even on a lower level, which most folks still can't read because it's, it's too boring to, to wade through all their nonsense. But uh, there's an article here, for instance, and it's from the Stanley Foundation. And remember that foundations are the parallel government. They are fronts for the international bankers. That's how they get off with their tax uh, um, breaks, etc. They put them into these foundations, charitable foundations that run full-time think tanks. Some, some of the foundations fund maybe a hundred other foundations. It's all money laundering, basically, through the foundations uh, and to make sure that there's so many of them appears to the ordinary people that uh, they're all real, but most of them just launder cash to non-governmental organizations who also get cash from your governments. But you can only get cash from your governments as a non-governmental organizations if you sign on and you must say that you are for a radical change. That's been in effect since end of World War II or when they signed the, the Charter in 1946 of the United Nations. Do you understand? There's a parallel government at work here. Radical change. That means end of family. All the stuff that, that as Quigley said, the communists were, were blamed for, the CFR were actually behind it. The CFR isn't comprised of little guys at the bottom. It's comprised of guys who work in Goldman Sachs and different corporations, the corporations that run the world. Based an article here from 2010. Now, you see, internationalism, globalism, we all catch on to the phrases and we say, oh, I don't like the sound of that. And once enough people say that, then they change the terms a little bit. And one of them is called multilateralism, you see. Uh, just like sustainable development took the place of Agenda 21. And uh, this is called the, the Policy Analysis Brief from the Stanley Foundation. Uh, and it says, Dr. Bruce Jones is director and senior fellow of the New York University Center on International Cooperation and senior fellow at the Brookings Institution. Now, international cooperation isn't just going shaking hands, etc., and having a few, you know, beers. It's literally about bringing this whole international system economically, militarily, uh, socially together. It's a lot of, a lot of areas to cover. 
at the Breeds Institution, where he directs the managing global insecurity project that produced the recent co-edited volume, Power and Responsibility, Building International Order in an Era of Transnational Threats. That's from the Brookings Press. 2009. Dr. Jones previously served in several capacities at the United Nations. The United Nations, too, was set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations, according to Quigley himself, who again was a historian for the same group, including a senior advisor in the office of the Secretary General during the 2004-5 UN reform effort and Deputy Research Director of the High-Level Panel on Threats, Challenges and Change leading into the push for reform. They're talking about world reform. That's what multilateralism is. Understand all the things, Every, everything that you know is all in that term. It says, and then they want to talk about the moves in 2008 to 9 prompted the global financial crisis. Well, yeah, there were moves because you see, economic warfare is one of the first forms of war you, you use. Economic warfare. It's been done down through many, many centuries. Even when they wanted the peasants who were getting a bit restless to, to go back to, to looking for worms to eat, like we're shortly be doing again, of course. But uh, they would simply withhold all the gold, bring it all back in again, and there's no cash to spend. Economic warfare is a great way of making folk obey. <laughs> you, know, you can do it by inflation and many other means too, and just jack up the prices until your, your currency is worth very little for you at the bottom. Anyway, prompted by the global financials to convene the G20 at the level of heads of state constituted the first major adaptation of global arrangements to better fit with the fact of the emerging powers. Understand, you don't vote in the G20. They give you years of hearing the name and you, you see them going off and getting the red carpet treatment and eating out of golds, goblets and stuff in their faces and we hear about the bills that we have to all pay for it all. But the fact is, this is a new form of government or governance as you like to call it, whereas you've got all these heads of state for nations that have formed a little club, you see, because we're told to by the bankers who own them all. And and then once we I start to accept them as a sort of nat- a natural thing that like gravity that just just there, then they come out with the real agenda. So it is a form of world. It's the embryo of world government when the, these guys meet and correspond with each other. The G20, the level of heads of state, constitute the first major adaptation of global arrangements. I like the terminology. That's how the polite people talk. You see arrangements to better fit in with the fact of the emerging powers. It's the same when one of the elite wants someone bumped off. They just say, well, that person's being a nuisance. And it's done, you see. Clearly, it will not be the last G20 negotiations uh, that have already given a critical impetus to governance reforms of the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. See, they all work together, the G20, the IMF, the World Bank, because part of their function is to bring the World Bank to its proper heights uh, running the world. And the IMF is a sort of in-between heavy that dishes the cash out under conditions and high interest rates and then punishes a country by stealing everything from them if they can't pay back their loans. Uh, this is predictably, if somewhat ironically, the expansion of the G8, as is not the other group, which is a lesser group, is still part of it too, to include a wider range of countries, including uh, from the global south, drew angry cries of exclusion, illegitimacy, and preemption at the United Nations. Early G20 decisions also provoked a new bout of tensions between the Economic and Social Council, ECOSOC. It's quite interesting that George Orwell, in, in his 1984 book, called it Ingsoc. Ingsoc was English socialism. This is Ecosoc, you see. And international financial institutions 
Criticisms of the G20 from within the UN focus on its illegitimacy, defined in UN-centric terms. And I'll, I'll continue with a little bit of this awful stuff when I come back from this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. And I won't read all of this very boring stuff because it's it's cryptic in certain places, of course. It's meant to be cryptic. It's published for the public to see. And most of them won't read it anyway because it's, it's like the Bibles. You, after all the big gattings, you tend to fall asleep. And then you say, oh, it'll be sand at the sea and all over the earth. And you, oh, globalism, eh? It's, that it's wakes you up. It's a little bits after you've fallen asleep, you see. If you can stay awake the whole time, you catch little bits and pieces. That's how things are deliberately written, understand? Because most of this stuff you condense into a quarter of what they've written here. And what they're getting at, basically, is the G20 is a new form of global governance working in hand-in-hand with the United Nations. That's really what it is. And they bewail the fact that they haven't quite matched up to all the goals they'd hoped to bring the whole world to uh, by now. But if they work together even more closely, they hope to uh, rectify that pretty soon. So you've got to understand. Now, who voted the G20? And nobody did, as I say. It just formed itself, right? Yeah, one starts with a couple of prime ministers talking together. Next thing you know, there's a club formed, and now it's a G20 without the compass and square and the G in the middle. You know, but but regardless, that's what you've got: the G20 and uh, and the United Nations. And it, and in the United, it says here. They hope too it would, it's a struggle to maintain UN legitimacy and effectiveness. Now, is the UN legitimate? Well, again, you see, that towards the end of World War II, they already wanted to form this, this better League of Nations called the United Nations, and they used World War II to do it. And they got every head of state to sign on to the UN. Everyone signed away your sovereignty. Every prime minister, president across the world that signed on to it gave away your sovereignty right there. They signed on to all the treaties. Binding treaties, he said. And, uh, and so here is maintain UN legitimacy. You see, it never had any input from the general public, like they never do. The proles don't count, like Orwell says. You know, they, they were quite happy that the war was finished when all this was skullduggery was going on. But uh, this was actually done. Your, your, your sovereignty was signed away. And every government since then has been run by members of the Council on Foreign Relations that helped set up the United Nations. But I'll put this up tonight at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com for those that can stay awake like the Old Testament and, with, and then find a little juicy bits and wake yourselves up again. Uh, and you'll see what they're really getting at because no one has voted. No, no nation on earth has asked its people, how would, you, how would you like to be in a global governance system? What do you think about the G20? Do you want to vote for it or not? You've never had that opportunity. How about the United Nations? Not, not that either. And yet every treaty that's down the pike, your president or prime minister signs into law. And uh, you're bound by it, right down to how you can build your house, where you can build your house, or if you can't build your house at all. It's all coming from the United Nations. And again, this is put out by one of their many think tanks that works uh, for them, the Brookings Institute and other ones, and the Stanley Foundation, that generally are overlapping these CEOs and directors, overlapping within two or three. Uh, That's what they call their circles, going back to the days of Cecil Rhodes, their circles of influence. And then they overlap with other circles 
of influence. And that's how this system, this parallel government works. But as that's happening, we're we're on target for austerity because, you see, they want a a post-consumerist society. And they told us that before they crashed the banks the last time. And so now now you'll have to be a post-consumer society and maybe a hand-me-down society if they allow you to sell or trade without a license. That's been forbidden already because they won't allow you to have your yard yard sales and stuff. Anyway, right now it's getting bad, of course, as we well know, and there's there's no sign on the horizon it's, it's supposed to get any better, and I mean supposed to get any better. Just more restaurants are targeting customers who use food stamps, number of businesses approved to accept food stamps grew by a third from 2005 to 2010, the U.S. Department of Agriculture records show, as vendors from convenience and dollar discount stores to, to gas stations and pharmacies increasingly joining the growing entitlement program. So now restaurants, which typically have not participated in the program, are lobbying for a piece of the action. And then it goes into the different companies that are that are going for it. Yum Brands, Taco Bell, KFC, Long John, Silvers, and Pizza Hut. Trying to get restaurants more involved. Federal lobbying record, record shows. They're even lobbying the government for it. And more retailers say yes to food stamps as well. Because, you see, that's the only way it's going to go until no one's got any money. We're all being food stamps. Maybe getting that occasional handout from China. I don't know. But that's post, you see, that that's post-industrial, post-technological. Uh, we're actually, po- we're almost post-service uh, economy. And this is what's left for you. All you have to do now is to supply uh, young fools called your, your sons uh, to go off to war and fight the last few wars to bring democracy for these global bankers across the world and get a central bank in place, make sure they're all inoculated to make them dumb and stupid and not living very long because they've come down with cancers, and then you can all just die off. That's basically the, the agenda. It's basically the agenda. Now, while this is going on, they just can't get enough vaccines in you. I read today that they want to get more, that they actually want to get you, give you boosters eventually every year. I read that article about two or three years ago from the United Nations World Health Organization. But, and of course, these things are not for what you think they are. Very little in this world is what you think it is, even the stuff you eat that you call food. But anyway, narcolepsy link uh, to swine flu vaccine is now established. The victims are to get compensation. Uh, victims of the surge in cases of narcolepsy after the vaccinations campaign against the H1N1 or swine flu virus nearly two years ago, the, the, the virus that wasn't there, will be entitled to compensation. Compensation will be primarily responsible for the Finnish pharmaceutical insurance pool. Decisions on compensation were made in the coming weeks, etc., etc. And that was for uh, Helsinki. Uh, that, that's where that was, this was published there. The other countries have ignored it and because we are so used to having doctors con us. Uh, they'll tell you they're dying of something else, and we just accept it. We don't. We're not. For the Western world, we're just too, too dumbed down. I'm afraid to 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 even stand up and be indignant anymore. We're too dumbed down and fairly content with trivia, to be bothered to stand up for our own. And again, too, we don't really like children. We abort more than we give live birth to, so we can't even use them as an excuse for future generations and all that stuff. Another article I talked about soon, just touched on, was the, the all-party parliamentary group for world governance. This is an official body, one of many actually, 
All-Party Parliamentary Group for World Governance, the APPGWG, is a cross-party group with currently 163 members drawn from both houses of the British Parliament, the European Parliament, and that's a lot of countries in the European Parliament, and the Welsh Assembly. It promotes discussions and awareness about global governance issues and the role of parliamentarians in reforming the United Nations and other global institutions to make them more democratic, accountable and transparent. Established way back in 1947, you see right after they signed the Charter for the United Nations. Uh, by then, these newly elected members of Parliament, Henry Osborne, uh, the APPGWG is one of the oldest groups in the British Parliament. Its members established the One World Trust, again in their foundation, a registered charity in 1951, and they'll in turn uh, pay for hundreds of non-governmental organisation groups full-time, like with pensions and all. Not bad working in the charity business. eh? Every year, the APPGWG and the One World Trust co-host a number of meetings for parliamentarians and the public featuring experts on global governance issues and related parliamentary processes. In addition, the group holds an annual AGM to elect its officers and review the year's progress. And its AGM on the 8th of July 2008, the group had 73 members in the House of Commons, and it's from both parties, by the way, 61 members in the House of Lords, uh, 15 from the Welsh Assemblies and 15 from the European Parliament. This diverse membership gives the group a unique perspective on the problems raised by the needs to reform global decision-making. And that ties in with the last article you see uh, uh, completely. They all dovetail together when you get each article from different groups. They all, because they all work with each other. You just don't, They've all got the same bosses. And yes, there are bosses at the top that you don't never hear of. And I was reading an article the other day there, again it was from Quigley, he was talking about the early 60s and 70s, the thousands and thousands of farms that disappeared in the U.S. every year because of government legislation primarily and interference. Uh, and that was even worse with Monsanto and the rest of them putting farms under by saying that you've got a seed on your land there that's, that's actually grown and every court in the land will find you. That They're all on board together, so it must be. But thousands were under in the 70s, 60s and 70s, uh, sometimes 20,000 farms in a year, you know, were going under. And these are, now these are the farm, small farms, not these big massive agricultural businesses uh, that are left. And that's, that was all the intention of putting the small guys out. Because everything is monopolization, you understand. And um, this article here is, is a continuation of it because it's uh, the EPA, the Environment Protection Agency. Now they've told you you're going to be vegetarian and all that. Declares that hay, hay, right, is a pollutant. An effort to antagonize small and mid-sized U.S. cattle feeders. See, they've said you're going to be vegetarian in the future. And they mean it. Uh, So this is uh, Billings, Montana. During his presentation, the status of the nation's new country of origin labeling called the Cool Law, C-O-O-L, on behalf of the R's, uh, Republican California, USA, Cool Committee, um, USA members of the Kansas cattle feeder Mike uh, Calicrate was asked a non-cool question that set convention goers on the heels during the 12th annual uh, Republican California USA convention held August 26-27 in Rapid City and it says has the Environmental Protection Agency declared he a pollutant? An audience member asked. Uh, Calicrate uh, responded affirmatively and explained that the Environment Protection Agency recently initiated a formal enhancement action against his Kansas feedlot for, amongst other things, failure to store his hay in a pollution containment zone. 
pollution containment zone for your hay. Now that EPA has declared a hay a pollutant, every farmer and rancher that stores hay or that leaves a broken hay bale in the field is potentially violating EPA rules and subject to an EPA enforcement action. Calcrate said, uh, how far are we going to let this agency go before we stand up and do something about it? Well, well, how far are you going to go with it? You understand, I've been doing this stuff for years because it's a big agenda afoot. And of course it sounds crazy, but it's crazy like a fox. It knows exactly what it's doing and why it's doing it. It says, so Calcrate is permitted to handle 12,000 cattle at a time in his feedlot which is considered a small to mid-sized feedlot in an industry now dominated by mega feedlots such as those owned by the world's largest beef packer, JBS Brazil Monopoly, with a one-time capacity of over 900,000 cattle, or the other mega feedlot that also feeds hundreds of thousands of cattle at a time, and is owned by the nation's second largest beef packer, Cargill. On the other handful of mega feedlots with capabilities or capacities of hundreds of thousands of cattle, such as those owned by Cactus Feeders Inc. and Friona Industries. In comments submitted to the U.S. Department of Justice, uh, uh, the the California USA estimates that the above-named mega feedlots feed 18% of the nation's fed cattle each year, while one-fourth of the nation's cattle are fed in feedlots with a one-time capacity of 50,000 head or more. Largest feedlots are getting longer, and Calcurate's feedlot is among the group of small to mid-sized feedlots that are being pressured to exit the industry, exit the industry, so beef packers and corporate feedlot owners can increase their respective capacities. Data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture show that 45 feedlots with one-time capacities between 1,000 or more cattle, but less than 16,000 cattle, have exited the industry from 2008 to 2010. That's 45 feedlots have gone under in that time because of the pressure of government working hand-in-glove with the big monopolists. Okay? So shortly, you'll have no hay at all. The next thing, I'll just go on from that to that to that, etc., etc. Et quite, quite nice, isn't it? Quite, quite, some, quite something, the way that it treats you. It's, it's quite something indeed. And we'll see them coming down on the Amish groups and Mennonites for selling raw milk even to people who join the club basically that was the way around things you join a club and, and it's private and, and then of course you can get your milk we've seen the raids last week when they come in they're not after drug uh, enforcement or anything no they're after milk right? and you, you all you understand it's either too late to do something and it certainly will be if you don't do something fast because you see this is an agenda to put everybody Eventually, you'll have to get on your knees. And I'm not kidding about this when they ration food because that's, that's what they want to do. And they will not lose cash when they ration food because you'll pay a hundred times more than you're paying now for it and you'll get less. Just like they're doing the same with your electricity, all your energy. And remember, food is classified under, by these guys as, as energy. It is energy for your body in all life. And your electricity is going up and up and up. And they're talking about, again, in the future, all they have to do is uh, give you 20% of what you're getting right now, that you have your rolling brownouts, and you'll pay a 100 times more for it. So they're not losing it at the top. That's what austerity means. Austerity. All your spending cash that you had at the end of the month, they want to buy something with. No, no, you'll be paying that for bare essentials just to survive. That's what they mean by this. So anyway... 
you have no right to privacy in contracts. When the FD answered the FTCLDF farm to consumer legal defense fund and the interstate shipment of raw milk soot, they started four fully repugnant things that you have no right to, nor does your child have a right to any particular food. You have no right to bodily or physical health, that you have no right to contract, and that they are rationally fulfilling their public health mission. That's how they rationalize it to you when they come in and steal all your stuff. It appears they've forgotten to include that you have no right to privacy or free association, along with no right of contract. With recent actions against Rossum, sting operations against Amish farmers, and the absolute destruction of Morningland Dairy, one can only surmise that the FDE, who pulls the strings in state-level equivalent agencies, forgot to specifically deny the right to freedom of association, guaranteed as under the First Amendment, along with many others. As many people have been covering these continual affronts to our very right to consume food that we want to consume, I don't feel as compelled to conduct a full review every time. I find myself in the position of covering a new travesty of decency. Maybe that's laziness in the eyes of some, but the truth is we are against the wall in this country with the most basic of human rights, and it's too late to be nice about it any longer. I'll repeat that last bit for the harder thinking. And it's too late to be nice about it any longer. If people are still unaware that food is a controlled substance, think about that again. Food is a controlled substance. You better believe it is. They're not likely to read this article anyway. Unfortunately, we have another assault that needs to be brought to attention for those paying attention. Morningland's cheese plant has now shut down for just over one year. They've been to court and have filed an appeal and the judges ordered to destroy their wealth and were taken to court again June 13th and found guilty on one of three contempt of court charges brought against them for not rolling over and dying when the milk board suggested they should. They had to post bond again to keep their cheese from the hands of the destroyers until the legal wrangling is complete. Now the Attorney General says they must give up the names, addresses and phone numbers of individuals who are members in their private association. Denise Dixon says she will go to jail before that happens. This is, a, this is not the Middle Ages, eh? We understand the same techniques that were used in the Middle Ages are done today by the descendants of those who ruled the Middle Ages. I'm not kidding about that. The businesses, transnational shipping, merchandising, banks. Back with more after this. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And just to finish off that before I take the caller, it says, The Dixons even applied for tax ID numbers this morning, morning land dairy, not morning gland dairy of the Ozarks. I said, that doesn't matter. Trying to make an independent living is now illegal. And that's the name of the game. Now, there's Tom from Wisconsin on the line there. There, Tom. Yeah, I'm here, Alan. And... um I just wanted to get your take on this organization, a sort of loosely knit, called the People's Awareness Coalition. And um, one of the things that most people don't understand about the federal uh, government is that it is basically a private law uh, orientation. And since the Civil War in America, all the states have been operating as subsidiaries of the federal government uh, through U.S. citizenship. And um, I don't know what your awareness is of this, 
but I would just wanted to get your um, opinion on it. And I also wanted to state uh, really quickly, too, that you were talking about previously many times about how the English language has been created by uh, basically Freemasons or, or, or a collection of uh, people with Freemasonic principles um, to create hidden meanings within the words. And I think it's really important that we all understand, and most of us do that, listen to your broadcast, that um, words have meanings, and through this private law, through contracts, um, we actually give away all of our rights. So all these things you talk about with government, government governance, um, that's really all done through contract, and I'll take your comments off the air. You're quite right, it is. And also, your consent is done is, is, is by your acquiescence and silence. Silence is consent. And that's how folk are. And then one, once one generation uh, just accepts it and says say nothing, they don't even think through it. The next generation are born into it. They think it's normal. But uh, creating language is not a, a, a new thing. It's been done many times in ancient history, ancient times. And um, when they introduced what's now English language uh, through the King James Bible, actually, it was a part of it, and Shakespeare, too, who brought in about 160,000 words into it, that did away with the old languages that were talked to. There were so many different dialects of, of old Saxon uh, language talked around England, for instance. That's all gone. So they definitely helped introduce the newer one um, through uh, the creation of England uh, or, or English during uh, the times of Shakespeare. And, um, and it's interesting, too, that they said, and I've read the articles even years ago, uh, from governments and so on, that that uh, in business reports that English would be the international language of business f- for the future. Well, it is now. Everyone across the planet in business will talk English to you. So it's already been achieved. So you wonder how far back they, they planned that. When you think that John Dee talked about uh, a world with free trade, and part of joining free trade was to copy the British institution, which they now call democracy, but they didn't call it back then, democracy. And so you had to adopt the British system for free trade entrance. And if you didn't join it, they'd either make war on you or they'd simply cut off all trade going into your country, making it impossible for you to get trade from anyone else. That's almost that's pretty well a stipulation of how the free trade negotiations are now. Um, and it's for the free flow of labor and goods across all uh, national boundaries. That's why you've seen such mass immigration. And this was decided a long time ago in the League of Nations, and they just copied the same charter and added to it for the United Nations. We're living through a long-term script, as I say. But also the U.S. was updated with the Treaty of Paris again, and, and they brought on another little uh, uh, constitution out for them. But it's a corporation anyway. Everyone's corporations, which are ideas. Government is an idea. And you only give authority by the fact that you give it authority and vote for it. From Hayes, myself, Montreal, Canada, a member, please donate and buy the books. To keep me going. It's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.